Welcome to a new episode of Nico's Market Notes. My name is Nicolo Carpaneda. I am the Chief Economist and Founder of Monetaria. In this podcast, we discuss the latest macroeconomic developments and their impact on financial markets. I also discuss the way I move and adjust an investment portfolio for Monetaria, subject to what we observe on the market. Welcome to the fourth episode of the blog. We have quite a big agenda for today, and we need to discuss how messy is the current economic and market landscape. In fact, first, in Europe, we have seen the release of the latest inflation or CPI print, and it was 10%, 10.0, incredibly high. Incredibly high for Europe. I still remember for many years that we were not capable to go above 2 or 3%, and we had quite lower numbers as well. And now we have got this record print. In the past, it would have meant panic, but maybe not this time. In fact, this latest September reading, which has been moving to 10% from 9.1% in August, it could be a peak, or at least I can notice and sense in the markets the feeling that we might see a peak or if it's not this month, it's the next one in European inflation. Why do I say that? Well, first, on the market, we have been seeing for a number of sessions a decrease in gas prices. So the contribution of energy is fading the contribution into inflation numbers. On the other side, we are seeing quite some progress in the initiative of several states in Europe to put a cap to energy prices. But inflation continues to remain a problem, especially because the economic activity in Europe and also elsewhere is slowing down and we do not see in the real economy and in employment especially, and of course in rising prices, any big mark of what central banks have done so far, which yes, is typical, but it is always concerning. Talking about central banks, the ECB is expected, from my personal point of view, to hike in October by 75 basis points, 50 basis points in December, 25 basis points again in February and in March of 2023. So we are not yet at the time of seeing a pivot back to cutting interest rates by the European Central Bank, and this would be an error for investors to believe so. If we look at the curve of futures, Euribor futures in Europe, we see a peak in June 2023 at terminal rates of 3%. The big question is if the ECB will be able to hike in the second quarter of 2023 in case there will be a recession. In the US, we still feel the very aggressive guidance of the Fed a few sessions ago saying that interest rates would have had to reach 4.5 or 4.75% at the beginning of 2023. We have seen treasuries selling off quite massively up to the most recent market sessions, and we are in the week starting Monday, the 3rd of October. What is interesting is that in the real economy there as well, we keep on seeing very strong employment. So the very aggressive actions of the Fed, which have been felt in financial markets for a while, are not being perceived yet by the real economy. On the other side, the very latest data on the spending of American households is showing that savings are coming down big time.
if American households will keep on consuming at this pace, we think, I think that savings will be depleted pretty soon. And this is supportive of the fact that inflation will come down even because people will start consuming less and less. U.S. financial conditions in terms of a stronger dollar, in terms of falling stock markets, rising treasuries in the past couple of weeks have been getting tighter. And in fact, recession models implementing or leveraging financial variables more than economic variables are now pricing the risk of a recession in the U.S. up to 52%, non-negligible. On top of the latest events in Europe and in the US, which are all about central banks and inflation and hiking rates, as they have been for the past few weeks, we need to open a very interesting parenthesis on the UK. What has happened is that the new government in the UK has proposed a new fiscal package called the mini-budget, promising tax cuts, especially for the richest segments of society, equivalent to 45 billion of sterlings and also another maneuver worth over 60 billion sterlings to cap energy prices in the UK. The announcement has not been deemed credible by investors. The sterling has been tanking absolutely to low levels, very low levels and to a parity with the US dollar. And especially the gill market or the government bond market in the UK, especially on the longer end, has been suffering tremendously, seeing yields skyrocketing in one or two specific sessions halfway through last week. Of course, such a fiscal package means not only the intention to accelerate growth and help families to spend more, but it also means much higher inflation in the future, which is exactly the opposite of what the Bank of England is trying to achieve by hiking rates very aggressively to reduce prices and cut inflation. It is not unusual to see monetary and fiscal policies going into opposite sides, but what has been surprising in the case of the UK government is that the timing of the announcement has been very poor. The sterling was suffering, was weak, has been weak for a number of months, and it was not the perfect environment to announce such a cut. And especially the cut was unfunded. So the government thought it would be able to borrow a lot of money in financial markets, but the plan on how to borrow this money and exactly how to spend it, it was not very clear. I'm spending some time talking about the Bank of England and the UK government because the Bank of England had to intervene on markets in a couple of sessions last week when 30-year yield for the gilts exploded to unacceptable or unsustainable levels for the UK pension fund system. In fact, we have been close to seeing a Lehman moment for the UK financial system. The Bank of England, which was about to announce quantitative tightening or the activity or the intention to reduce their balance sheet and take away liquidity from the government bond market, had to do the opposite. In an emergency move, they spent 65 billion sterling to buy back 30-year gilts to save the UK pension fund market. Of course, investors all over the world, by seeing a central bank panicking, they thought we arrived to a plateau of interest rates or to a plateau of the aggressive hiking seen in the past few months. 
And so in the past couple of sessions in stock markets and in bond markets, we have seen a very good or strong recovery of both stocks and bonds because of this false impression of seeing the end of this aggressive activity of monetary policy tightening. But this is wrong in the sense that the Bank of England has announced that these are only emergency measures and we should in fact expect a much more aggressive hiking in interest rates in the UK, which will probably anticipate a stronger recession than expected. Talking about markets in more detail, we have seen quite a big volatility, especially in European government bonds in the past week. Volatility has reached the same high levels of 2009. And this is a sign of additional panic coming in reality to the mind of investors so we get closer and closer to what will be market capitulation. In general terms we have been seeing the treasury market both on the two 10 and 30 years selling off in the past week then recover on the back of the action of the Bank of England in the past couple of sessions exactly in the week starting on Monday the 3rd of October and we have seen a similar behavior in the bond market in Europe. Credit spreads have been selling off and then they've been compressing in the past couple of sessions in line with the risk-on attitude in the market. In the portfolio of Monetaria, we have tactically reduced the underweight in the short end of the Bund and the Treasury market. Now that we are reaching quite important levels above the 2 and 4% respectively. But we have also brought the long-dated Bunds and Treasuries to neutral. And this is because, depending on the panic and the volatility seen so far, it's not bad, at least tactically, to try to increase the protection in case signs of a recession will come faster than expected. Stock markets have been performing quite negatively, with the exception of the past couple of sessions for the reasons that we just discussed. We have seen outflows for over $18 billion from UK stock markets because of this action of the new government. But we have also seen to date a minus 20-22% of the S&P 500 in the US, a minus 19% for the stock 600. And I think the most relevant question is to understand if those markets have reached the bottom and if it is the moment to start buying something back. My answer is twofold. On one side, in case we will not see a recession in Europe and in the US, we have probably reached the bottom. Typically, when we get to a minus 20% in bear markets, it is the time for investors to buy those indices back. But as I expect to see a recession in Europe, probably now already in the making, if not now, in the last quarter of 2022, and in the US at some point in 2023, and it's becoming more and more probable, we need to expect at least another minus 50% losses into stock markets. This is very difficult to trade because markets will be bouncing back one week, retracing down the other week between now and December. But what I've done in my monetary portfolio has been assuming this was the time for a tactical bounce. I have been decreasing my underweight, so I added some stocks to my portfolio, and I have been rotating away from value, which has been working in relative terms well, 
increasing the growth and tech components, which tend to perform better when markets bounce. I maintained my position in defensive and infrastructure, but I increased my tilt towards cyclical sectors and also momentum stocks, all with the objective this week to try to capture some of the market bounce. These positions, though, are probably very short-term positions in my portfolio, and depending on what I will see at the end of the week, I will probably take them away already. Finally, discussing about cryptos, what is happening is super interesting. In fact, the Bitcoin in the last month is up almost 2% and 1.5% in the last week as well. So it has been one of the assets performing best versus anything else and versus the US dollar. We don't know exactly why we have observed this behavior by, by the, the, the crypto investors, but what is certain is that many now that the dollar is so expensive, we'll find a better shield inside the Bitcoin between now and the end of the hike by central banks. I have not added anything else than the neutral position that we have in Bitcoins in our portfolio. I think it will be subject to the ongoing macroeconomic deterioration and I want to wait for when a peak to the aggressive hikes of central banks will be clear to add to Bitcoin and other coins. Talking about other coins and talking about Ethereum specifically, we have seen the merge that we discussed a couple of podcasts ago that has been a success. Now that the merge is done, the merge between two different methods of validating transactions in the Ethereum blockchains, we do see a distribution per day, which is 12,000 Ethereums less than before the merge, or $16 million of Ethereum equivalent per day less than before the merge distributed to validators. The method for validating Ethereum transactions has changed. Validators are much less than before. And so we have this deflationary supply dynamic, which will be important and super interesting for 2023 to keep in mind. I will close on stable coins. We keep a very high liquidity in US dollar pegged stable coins, something that I discussed in the previous podcasts. And I think the positions have been working incredibly well, both because they pay a very decent income. Second, because being a euro-based investors, it was a way to shield the capital in the US dollar or something equivalent. And all good so far. I will keep the positions for a while more. I just want to anticipate here in this podcast that these positions will be super relevant until the US dollar will do well. We need to pay attention at the beginning of 2023 when probably the dollar position will crack. We need to see the income paid by the US dollar-based stablecoins will be still satisfactory despite what will be probably the new losses on the dollar side when the dollar will start coming down from the current peak. Do not forget to access our blog www.monetariawith.io slash blog to see our asset allocation and other additional macro comments in much more detail. Well, we are at the end of this episode. I thank you very much for the attention. If you have any comment or feedback, please send me an email nico at monetariawith.io.